Chapter 19 Alone by Themselves The citizens who had slept on the bank of Tamasa woke up in the morning and looked around. They were surprised to see that Rama and the chariot had disappeared. They followed the track of the chariot wheels but were disappointed to find that it was lost in the main road to the capital. They returned home to their own houses and sought satisfaction in reviling Kaikeyi. Without Rama, the city was bereft of beauty and wrapped in gloom. Sumantra and the princess had crossed the Tamasa long before dawn and travelled far into the forest. Crossing several streams, they approached the southern boundary of the Kosala country. As they journeyed on, Rama said to Sumantra, I wonder when I shall hunt again in the forest of Sarayu. Is hunting good for princes? Perhaps it is, in moderation. Thus conversing on many matters, they went forward. When they reached the southern boundary of the kingdom, Rama stopped the chariot and facing north towards Ayodhya, bent his head in a prayer saying, O jewel among cities, O ancient capital of the Ishwakus, shall I, finishing my penance in the forest, live to see my father and mother and you? Grant me that supreme joy. The chariot reached the bank of the Ganga. They proceeded along the bank, admiring the beauty of the river. Finding a spot of surpassing charm, Rama said, We shall spend the night here. Untying the horses, they sat under a tree. Guha, the chief of the region, having learned already from his men that Rama would be coming there, came forward with his retinue to greet Rama and Lakshmana. He had unbounded love for the royal family and for the Rama. Being the chieftain of the tribes who dwelt on the banks of Ganga, he was a man of great prestige and power. Rama and Lakshmana rose to greet Guha, even while the latter was still at some distance from them. Guha welcomed them with a hearty embrace, saying, Regard this land as your own. This place is as much yours as is Ayodhya. Who can hope to have a guest like you? It is indeed my good fortune. Guha had prepared a lavish entertainment. He said, Feel perfectly at home and happy in my kingdom. You may spend all the 14 years with us here. You will not lack anything, I assure you. Looking after you will be a pleasure and privilege to me. Be gracious enough to accept my hospitality. Warmly embracing Guha again, Rama said, Brother, I know how deep is your love for me. Your wish is itself as good as hospitality rendered. I am bound by my vows 
and must refuse anything more i have come to dwell in the forest and not to enjoy life as a chieftain's guest these horses are my dear father's favorites pray feed them well we shall be content with simple food and rest for the night they lay under the tree for the night guha and lakshmana kept awake conversing with sumantra guha said to lakshmana brother do go and rest there is a bed made ready for you my men will be careful watch none dare do anything in the forest unknown to me have no anxiety regarding rama do sleep lakshmana replied how can i find sleep guha here lying on the bare ground is sita daughter of the great janaka and daughter in law of the great dasharatha the great purushottama himself who could subdue the three worlds lies stretched on the grass how can i sleep who sees this i wonder how ayodhya is bearing it the queen's apartment must be loud with wailing i even doubt if at this moment kaushalya and my mother are alive my father indeed found strength somehow to say to rama go to the forest but i doubt if he has strength enough left to survive rama's actual departure and if he has passed away our mothers too will have given up their lives and here we are deprived even of the privilege of doing the last offices of the dead in any case it is hardly possible that our father and mothers will be alive to greet us when we return to ayodhya after our term in the forest thus spoke lakshmana in sorrow guha was in tears the night was spent in such sad conversation early next morning rama told lakshmana we must now cross the river ask guha to make ready a boat big enough for crossing this broad river guha ordered his men to get this done and informed rama sumantra bowed low and stood before rama seeking his further commands rama understood sumantra's unuttered grief and laying his hand on sumantra's shoulders said sumantra return to ayodhya with all speed and be at the side of the king your duty now to look after him o rama exclaimed sumantra rectitude learning and culture seem to be of no value you and your brother and vaidehi are going to live in the forest what is going to be our lot how are we going to fare under kaikeyi's rule and now 
wept like a child. Wiping the tears from Sumantra's eyes, Rama said, Our family has known no nobler friend than you. It will be your task to console my father. His heart is riven by grief. Whatever his commands, carry them out dutifully. Do not ask yourself whether he wants a thing for himself or with a view to please Kaikeyi. Avoid giving him any pain of mind. Have no anxiety about us. You should say this on my behalf to my aged father who is stricken with a grief he never knew before. Clasp his feet as you have seen me do and assure him from me that none of us, not I, nor Lakshmana, nor Sita, feel injured or sorry at having been sent away from Ayodhya. We look forward to 14 years of forest life, which will speed on happy wings, and then surely we shall return to his feet for blessings. Give our love to my mother Kaushalya and tell her that protected by her blessings, we are all well and give a like message to my stepmothers, especially to Kaikeyi, lest she should think we have parted in anger. Tell the Maharaja that it is my earnest prayer that he should hasten with the installation of Bharata so that he may be a comfort to him in our absence. But Sumantra, unable to restrain his grief, burst out. How am I to return and with what words can I give comfort? And when he looked at the empty chariot, he wept and said, How shall I drive this chariot that stands desolate without you? Once again, Rama spoke words of comfort and courage to Sumantra and urged on him the duty of patience and sent him home. Guha, said Rama, I could indeed spend 14 years in your kingdom as you desire. But would that be fulfilling my vow? I have left Ayodhya to fulfill my father's pledge. I must therefore lead the life of a tapasvi. I must not touch dishes daintily cooked and served. We have to live only on fruits, roots and permissible kinds of meat such as we offer in the sacrificial fire. Comforting Guha thus, the brothers got their locks matted with the milk of the banyan. They helped Sita into the boat and then got into it themselves. Guha bade the boatmen to row it across. The boatmen took them quickly across the river. At midstream, Sita offered a prayer to the goddess of the river. Devi, help us fulfill our vow and return safe to our homeland. They talked as they went on. They reached the farther bank of Ganga, and there, for the first time, the three stood alone. 
unattended by friends lakshmana you are my sole armed guard now said rama you will go first sita will follow and i shall walk behind you both we must save sita as far as possible from the hardships of the forest life hereafter there will be none to keep us company and no fun or amusement rama's thoughts went to his mother kausalya lakshmana he said should you not go back to ayodhya and look after mother kausalya and sumitra devi i shall manage my forest day somehow lakshmana replied forgive me brother i am not going back to ayodhya rama indeed expected no other answer thus now and again we shall see the human element come up and the divine prince grieve and talk as a common people do this is a fascination of the ramayana if almighty god remains almighty and does everything himself then where is room or need for an avatar and how could the dharma of a common man be established this is a difference between the earlier avatars and the later in the rama avataram the course of human conduct and the dharma governing it come linked together this has been made explicit by valmiki on the occasion of sita's ordeal by fire at the end of the battle rama says to brahma who appeared then among others and deprecated the idea of putting sita to proof i regard myself only as rama son of dasharatha an ordinary human being who i am in reality where i belong why i took birth are matters on which you must enlighten me and i do not know while rama was plunged in thoughts of the mother's left behind lakshmana ministered to him with loving words of courage and hope they spent that night under a banyan tree and left early next morning for bharadwaja's ashrama which they reached at sunset after taking the hospitality of the sage they besought him to tell where they could spend the years quietly in the forest and on his advice and with his blessings left for chitrakuta